But a guy that knows my neighborhood very, very well because he campaigned there when he ran for governor. He's a god on 129th Street. They love him. He's got a great 2 o'clock show on this station every Sunday afternoon at 2. And he's the son of the greatest mayor in the history of this country, who just Monday commemorated 22 years since his best efforts on 9-11. He is my dear buddy, Andrew Giuliani. Andrew, good morning, bud. How are you? Sid, good morning. Great to be with you. You know, I really thought that maybe you and Curtis would be in the slammer this morning. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, myself and Macedonia Phil might be called in to do the show or something. No, it like would have been you. But I'm glad to see you're out. I'm it, glad it, to see it, you're out. It would have been you. I told you last night, like with the Jets, with Aaron Rodgers, next man up, here comes Zach Wilson. So I did tell you last night, <laughs> if I did get arrested, which was never going to happen, never, you would have been the guy to fill in this morning. But it didn't happen. <laughs> Well, well, you know, look, you you are you are the Aaron Rodgers. Uh, you know, let's see, let's see what Zach Wilson turns out to be in this year. Because man, I feel bad for I feel bad for the guy after seeing that. I've seen actually Aaron Rodgers a couple times out of Trump Bedminster this year, and the guy seems like a fantastic guy. I just said hello in passing, but the first time he actually came up, he pulls a football out of his trunk and he's playing catch with the valet guys, and then he signs footballs yeah. for the valet guys. Yeah. So, I feel bad for the guy. You know, I do, too. I mean, I do, too. You know, again, unlike Favre and other quarterbacks that came here, he came here and he bought in. He loved it. You know, Taylor Swift, Rangers, Knicks. He wanted to be the quarterback of the Jets. He he was looking forward to it. And I felt badly, too. But before we get to the political stuff, being that you brought up Aaron Rodgers and the Jets, you, like me, you're a diehard football giant fan. I sat out there Sunday night knowing I had to be up early on Monday for 9-11 in the rain with Gabe and Ava in a brutal, brutal place where we left when it was 33 nothing Dallas in the third quarter. It got worse. Our Giants lost 40 to nothing. Now, I know they're in Arizona on Sunday. Arizona is so bad, the Giants are nearly a touchdown favorite on the road, but that's because Arizona starting quarterback Kyler Murray is not back yet. Was that a one-game debacle for the Giants, Andrew, or are you concerned now for the rest of the year? I hope so, and they better win on on Sunday because you got the 49ers coming up, which may be arguably the best team in football right now. You can argue they certainly are one of the top couple. So they better get the job done this Sunday because if not, then it's going to be 0-3 really quickly. Um, you just have to hope that all the bad plays ended up getting out. And Sid, you know, the first two and a half minutes started off so perfectly. Yes. Looking, and then you, have, then you have the fumbled snap, and then you have the block kick, and it was just a complete unravel since then. So the good news is, they didn't give us two losses in the win column that night. They just gave us one, and let's hope we can get back on our feet because that was ugly. That was Giants and Cardinals and the Jets and Cowboys, both late starts, both in the 4 o'clock hour coming up on Sunday. Andrew, you uh, the week started, of course, with Monday. You were here. Uh, after I was done, we went local instead of Brian Kilmeade, and you and your father hosted a great show, great show on Monday. You were down there at the ceremonies, Ground Zero. Let's kind of rewind the tape a little bit to Monday a few days ago. What is it like going down there? You were a little kid on uh, 9-11. Of course, I know you watched your dad operate, and you had no idea, I don't think, the immensity of it back then. Now, as an adult, a father, and a husband, what's it like being back at Ground Zero? Uh, eerie, right? It's eerie. It's sad. You know, you think it, it doesn't feel like it's 22 years. I know you said that uh, in your show that you hosted so well on Monday, and that opening Thank segment you. was absolutely beautiful. I think you, you paid amazing tribute to all the heroes and their families. 
Um, but it, it doesn't feel like it's 22 years. And I'll, I still remember the, the cocktail of emotions, if you will, that, that I felt that day. And, you know, I was in New Jersey starting uh, my fourth or fifth day of high school at that point. Um, but it was a combination of this, you know, sadness, this anger, this, uh, you know, what's next. And it's a, a feeling that I've never felt, uh, never felt before. I've never felt since. And uh, to me, it, it's, it's still so present especially when you go back down there. And, you know, Sid, I've only gone to the museum maybe twice in my life because both times that I went, it's tough to walk through the entire museum. Uh, you feel like you've just, um, yeah. you know, like you've just done a, done a uh, I don't know, you feel like you've done the whole day there, even yeah. if you've been in for an hour, hour and a half. And what people don't so, realize is when you say that, that means a lot because I know where you live. I mean, I live, I used to live for those couple of months when my house got ruined. I was there on, uh, in those towers about a three minute walk. You live right there. You can go every day. You know, Sid, a couple moments that happened Monday morning and and one of them I detailed, but I just want to run back again with you was, you know, I got there about 730 because I do live right there. So I got there a little before everybody and I was by the the North Tower there where the North Tower was. And I just uh, looked at a woman who was crying, kind of silently crying, but you could see her emotionally crying. And I thought, you know, she's probably felt this way for 22 years, every single day for 22 years. And then I ended up walking over to the South Tower. And one of the first names that I saw just came right to me. I wasn't looking for it. I didn't even know it was right there, but was Stephen Siller. I couldn't believe it considering wow. the connection we have with Frank. But it was just kind of one of those moments. And, and you think about this with Stephen, right? Obviously, the sacrifice that he made that day, how the family still feels. You did a great interview with Frank talking about how it's still sad to him. But you think about the legacy that he has left and the heroism, basically, that so many people know about uh, and the lives that he's affected, the lives that he's affected from people that have come back more. It's, it's amazing. It really is. Yeah. And, of course, uh, your father played the most integral part of anybody. And George Bush, 43, huge, don't get me wrong, and Pataki and Bernie Kerrick and all these folks. And your dad, uh, like I said uh, last Monday, no matter what he did the rest of his life, and he's done nothing wrong other than been a really good attorney for a friend and a president, Donald Trump. That's the worst thing he's done, the worst thing. Uh, he will always be a hero for me. And, and, of course, just last Thursday, we celebrated 102 years here with WABC. John and Margo put on this really extravagant, beautiful gala. It really was. I'm not just saying it. It was gorgeous. Cipriani's great party. You could make it because you were with your dad out at Bedminster with Donald Trump raising money for your father. I think you talked about this last Friday, but just give us an update on how things are going with your father in terms of money and how he's feeling these days in terms of his head. How's he doing? Well, look, the event at Bedminster was spectacular, and we know it wasn't going to be as good as the uh, 102nd year anniversary at WABC, and John and Margo were so thoughtful to understand and, and been so supportive of myself and my father. But it was good. It was a very good start to what we needed. I actually was with President Trump yesterday again at Bedminster discussing the Mar-a-Lago event. We're working on a date. When, when, is, he, when is he actually leaving? If you were with him yesterday, when is he actually leaving to go back to Florida? Uh, you know, Sunday or Tuesday. He's playing gotcha. such good golf right now. He doesn't <laughs> want to leave on Sunday. So, you know, everybody's saying, hey, you got to get down on Sunday. I guess he's got an engagement down there on Monday, but he's trying to see if he can leave on Tuesday or Wednesday. Now, he'll be leaving here pretty soon uh, in the next few days. 
Um, but but I got to tell you, it, it was uh, it was a very good start. It's great to see all the people. And it's great to see all the people that have contributed because of that and hearing about this. And you being so wonderful, Sid, and having me come on the show, talk about it. And we're going to plan something really big at Mar-a-Lago here for December or January. Where, good. You know, we're, we're looking at having a couple hundred people come at good. this thing. And it's going to be wonderful. Great way to celebrate them. You know, Sid, before we move on from 9-11, there's one other story, if it's okay, that I wanted to tell. Because the moment that you ended up having my father on with Mike Piazza, obviously, as you know, it was a great way that you introduced them, saying, who's the biggest Yankee fan you know, Mike? (laughs) And sure enough, Rudy Giuliani. But I didn't get this in my show the other day, and I was thinking about how to do it. You know, one of the guys that I've gotten to know pretty well over the last bunch of years through the golf world is actually John Smoltz, the Hall of Fame pitcher for the Braves. And John talks about that day from his perspective. Obviously, you know, is such a massive Met fan, those Mets Braves rivalries, they might have been even more heated than the Yankees-Red Sox rivalries those days. They hated each other. You know this so well. So they prepare for the game. They say, you know, look, look, we were a team that was always prepared, always ready to go. But even that day, we were kind of walking through the motions. We find ourselves leading in the eighth inning, and all of a sudden, Piazza hit the home run. And he said, Bobby Cox was a son of a you-know-what. He was just the toughest bastard you'd ever meet in your life. And, And they walked into the clubhouse that day, and they all sat around. And Cox just waited for about 30 seconds in silence. And he said, the right team won the game. Wow. How about that? Won the game. Wow. We're going to beat, we're going to beat their ass tomorrow, but the right team won the game that, that night. Wow. That can make me cry right now. Bobby Cox, one of the greatest managers of all time. That's a great story. Andrew Giuliani here and uh, John Smoltz is one of the all time greats. Don't forget 20 game winner as a starter. And then 50-plus saves as a closer. He was amazing, yeah. Smolty. You know, uh, one more talking about 9-11 and terrorists and that awful day. You know, of course, that uh, me and your buddy Curtis Sliwa, really Curtis, had this big rally again in Brooklyn last night. And one of the things we talk about is we, we hate to blame the illegals. You know, I don't at least. I don't. I'll speak for myself. I don't blame these people. Again, if I was living in one of these third world countries, had the opportunity to come to New York, I would come to, okay? I blame the, the, the officials, the Adams, the Hochul's, the Bidens, Mayorkas. That's who I blame. But the truth is, is there are some bad people. There are some bad people. We've seen a couple of horrible stories out of Buffalo and Pennsylvania of rapes and, and people getting beaten up by these illegals. And fresh off the heels of 9-11, less than a week of the 23-year commemoration, there's no doubt we know for a fact that ISIS, Taliban, Al-Qaeda have made their way or are making their way to this country. How terrifying is that, Andrew Giuliani? It's terrifying, and you're absolutely right. You detailed Buffalo there. You can also see what's gone on at the Roosevelt Hotel and the fact that there are over 40 arrests that have happened, basically, in the last couple of months, most for domestic violence. You know, on the show on Sunday, I'm going to have Tim Ballard. Now, Tim Ballard is actually the guy who Jim Caviezel played in The Sound of Freedom, which was an absolutely moving movie. If you haven't seen it already, I'd recommend any of your audience see it. He's going to come on on Sunday. And one of the things that he and I have talked about, and I've heard him talk about before, is what this actually means for the child trafficking. The fact that you don't have the security set up at the border. He said a lot of the pedophiles, a lot of these traffickers, these coyotes, we caught at border crossings trying to come in. So if you end up laxing that at the border crossings, whether it be the southern border, where it just gets a ton of attention, or the northern border, which doesn't get as much attention, but you know, relatively is close to as big of a problem these days, it just means that it's going to be that much easier to exploit these kids 
uh, for sexual for sexual gain, which is right. which is just unbelievable mm. to think about. It's unbelievable. Mm. It is gross. And my daughter Ava is actually going to college. She goes back for her second year to uh, Wales on Tuesday, and uh, she uh, wants to spend the rest of her life defending these poor girls and. And she actually wants to go to the FBI at some point, which scares the hell out of me. But I'm glad you brought that up because that is a huge issue, sex trafficking in this country. And I can't think of anything more grotesque than that. With that said, Andrew, you the man. You are the mother-effing man. That is a great segment. We'll all be listening uh, at 2 o'clock on Sunday. I love you, pal. Thank you so much. Thanks, Sid. And let's go Giants. we got to get back to one and one I don't want this season to be over before it even turns to October. Come on, let's go Big Blue. Let's go, baby. I love it. And you're right. They're going to lose week three to San Francisco. That's a very good football team. So this is uh, almost, almost early on a must-win for the Giants. That's Andrew Giuliani. Check him out, everybody. 2 p.m. on Sundays. That's a smart kid right there.